Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to a very, very special and very, very short special, I guess, Empire Podcast. Uh, people were asking last week after the San Diego Comic Con, after the big Marvel Studios panel presentation in Hall H and all the news that came out of that panel, whether we would do a special podcast talking about the news in detail. And we said no, and that's because we didn't have any time to do so. But now here we are, four giggling idiots around a microphone, or well, four microphones, we don't just share a microphone and we decided you know what we're going to do that rather than have 20-25 minutes of Marvel chat in the middle of the Empire podcast which you know might be annoying to some people so here we are we've moved into this own thing and I am joined by James Dyer hello Helen O'Hara hey up and Ben Travis hello and we're going to be going chronologically through the Marvel slate for the next two years and it is only two years mm. because last week last Saturday in fact at Hall H uh, Kevin Feige Grand Pooba of all things Marvel uh, this is his official job title all revealed hail. all hail Kevin Feige uh, I'm wearing Kevin Feige underpants as ever and uh, he revealed phase four of Marvel Studios Grand Adventure and it's not all confined to the big screen no so is this all of phase four or are some of those other ones that he teased at the end going to be slotted in here somewhere that's what I don't know mm. and I think he maybe has said that phase five is mapped out but yes if this is all, if all of this is Phase Four, mm-hmm. okay. So starting with, and we'll go through them individually, but starting with Black Widow yep. next May, and finishing with Thor: Love and Thunder in November of 2021. Two things. That's a two-year phase. That's the shortest phase. <laughs> a weird conversation. Now. <laughs> it's the shortest phase that Marvel Studios has yet done, mm-hmm. um, and also it, it's the only one so far that doesn't culminate in a massive team-up movie. Technically, one culminated in Ant-Man, but yeah, uh, well, I know what you mean. Yeah all the phases have culminated in either an yeah. Ant-Man movie or a Spider-Man movie. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. But you know what I mean? But yeah, it, I it, hasn't, mean. it doesn't build to a big... There's no Avengers movie, for example, listed in the next couple of years. And this won't have... If this is Phase 4, then Phase 4 doesn't have Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, another Spider-Man movie, and of course the movie we're all waiting for, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasps. Apart from that last bit, I agree. <laughs> um, and I think, I think some of those will be part of this phase, and this is not all of Phase 4, is my feeling. That's my feeling too. Yeah. So um, that's exciting. But shall we shall we talk about them then? Shall we go for it? Let's go for it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Okay, so starting next May, it is shooting right now. It has been shooting for some time, uh, but it's only been officially confirmed. So uh, what did they think they were shooting? Those people who've been waiting <laughs> on this movie. It is Black Widow, which is shooting right now in London and other places. Uh, I'm presuming Budapest is one of those places. And they showed some footage from it, uh, which features Natasha Romanoff. This is, uh, as far as we know, it is still a prequel. Uh, Natasha Romanoff meeting Yelena Belova, who is essentially the evil Black Widow played by, by Florence Pugh uh, and they also confirmed that Rachel Feist is part of the cast that Amazing. David Harbour is going to be in the movie as well that was kind of known already and the Taskmaster who is a bad guy who can mirror and mimic your your movements and uh, your skill set uh, will be one of the villains in this. Not not affiliated with the comedy show on Dave. No, no. Okay, just to, just to be clear, no, it's not, it's not quite that. <laughs> well, this is exciting, though. I think, mm. especially because didn't we find out that this is going to be set between Civil War and Infinity War? So it is kind of prequely, but it's also not a, like necessarily a far far back. Prequel. What did they say that? I think David Harbour said it in an interview. Did he? I didn't I hear that. So. See, well, then ask for keeping track. Excellent. I, see, I've heard, I've heard that as well, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Why not? Because it looks like we're going to see Budapest, aren't we? Maybe it's not the Budapest, maybe it's a Budapest. A Budapest, mm. okay. I hope she'll fit at the, uh, the Columbo statue. That, that's... <laughs> 
I just want to see it. It's a lovely city. Um, if you get the chance to go, please been. do it. Mm, it's yeah. lovely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic cast. Um, these are a, this is a really good group of people. I'd be interested to see if we see Julie Delpy, if they go in for any further flashbacks. Yeah. Um, that would be kind of cool. But um, apart from that, I'm very on board with all these people. You can't really argue with Pew Weiss and Harbour. No, you can really you? can't. And it seems like it'll be quite a grounded way back into the MCU. Mm. So obviously, Black Widow stuff is not necessarily supernatural. It doesn't have that kind of. It seems like it'll be a quite ground level yeah. film, and that'll be an interesting way into the into the new phase. It, it will be. The only question about that is sort of what what does it build to? Where does it lead to? Yeah. Why, given what we know about presumably where she presumably ends up, presumably in Endgame, <laughs> presumably it, like the, the, there has to be a reason. It feels like to, a dead end. I mean, literally. Yeah. But uh, but there has to be an, a, a reason yeah, to invest. I know what you mean. Although the part of me that just would be willing to overlook that for the thought of regaming a little bit of the kind of the first two acts of Winter Soldier which yeah. is what I'm hoping this will be oh god yeah you know? oh, very exciting yeah I, I, I don't know that her story has ended I may be completely and utterly wrong in this but uh, this is entirely possible but I'm, I guess we'll find out I'm sure some people would feel cheated if they somehow think, find a way to bring her back I would but like on the one hand I'd love to have her back because she's great and I think the character's great but equally I feel like it would kind of make a nonsense out of Endgame, and I would that be would bug me. So angry, I could just lob a bench across a lake. <laughs> oh. well, steady on. I mean, it does do that to people. I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how this is going to fit in because you're right. This is the the only movie in this phase that doesn't seem to have the potential to impact on the MCU as a as a whole mm. yeah. and the wider MCU, um, unless of course there are major revelations about things and you know who knows, which there could be scrolls could be all over this thing. But you, you, e- you don't know. Equally, depending on you know whether it is definitely set there, you can see this possibly having sequels, but existing within its own sort of mm. encapsulated period. It could also tie into um, uh, the Winter Soldier and Falcon. It could. Sure. Perhaps it it's could, uh, its full title is to be Black Widow, an MCU story, and they're going full. Star Wars. Full prequel. No, no, mm. please don't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's an involuntary shudder there. We're very excited about that one. And uh, that's going to be followed up by the first Disney Plus series. So this is going to be out uh, in the autumn of next year. Mm. And that's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And these are all limited series, aren't they? These yes. are limited series. Yeah, so, Six so, to eight episodes. Which is, which for me, I would I very much welcome that news. Yeah. Like the thought of them being ongoing serials concern, aka like... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatnot, I just, this part of me feels that that would take some potency out of the MCU. I like the idea that these are small, contained, perfectly formed, limited series that tell a finite story, which then fits into this. Uh, And I imagine you, Chris, will also be quite pleased about that. Yeah, I I, I am, because there's far too much TV, and uh, it'll it'll give me more time to watch First Dates and MasterChef. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. I also think it's the reason why they get Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan and Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and... Tom Hiddleston, in fact, to sign on for these things rather than a seven-year yeah. commitment. Yeah. Um, so this is the first one, and it's interesting. The title's interesting, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. So my feeling is that this is going to be about Sam Wilson building up to becoming yeah. Captain America. Because if you look at that logo, there is the shield in the logo. Mm. Yes, and we, um, we know that he has had a fitting recently for the cap suit. Mm. So. <laughs> and look, these two are just so charming together. Their dynamic was 
great in those few scenes we've seen them together in. I am I am super hyped to, to just hang out with them for a bit longer. Um, so I'm, I'm very much on board for this. I almost don't care what the plot is. I would quite happily watch them just shoot the shit for eight hours. I do care because they're bringing back um, Zemo from they are, uh, that's yeah. true, War, that's which true. is I do yeah. care. Yeah. a very cool um, way because obviously he, he is captured at the end of Civil War but he is not uh, he's not dead and mm. he's going to have his comic book mask which is exciting. And he's looking uncaptured isn't he in, the, in that mm. picture they put up on Instagram. So. I just, I, 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 my concern and it's not really a huge concern because I do trust these people and what they're doing is but what you're saying in the mask what is he going to be are they going to turn what was actually a very complex layered and really interesting character into a quote unquote villain which mm. is something I don't want to see happen because he never was a villain he did some villainous things but yeah. he but, he killed a bunch of people yeah okay so he was not the best but you know he murdered Black Panther's dad but bastard. what I'm saying he what also I'm saying drowned is, that person in a toilet but you had sympathy for him and I think that was a really important point for MCU villains like for him and Killmonger and Thanos you know these are characters oh that you empathise with that you feel for and I think I right. want to make sure that we keep that like Sonny Birch and that man oh, in the oh my god, oh my god. what <laughs> what is it I don't, <sighs> but I don't no I, I take your point but I do think that there's enough meat to him that you can probably figure something out like yes. um, they did capture him he's probably holding a grudge a little bit now against these two so as well they so. know where he is so presumably the first episode will not be called Finding Zemo <laughs> I mean, it might be. We don't know. Oh, my God. We can hope. From Hemo to Simo. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited about this, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, of course, Simo can un- un- unlock Bucky's badness. Or can he? <gasps> or can he? Bucky thinks he's been fixed by Shuri and, uh, and the but technology has he? of Wakanda. But has he? And is, will a different combination of words, popcorn, flying fisherman, will, uh, will all that sort of stuff unlock Bucky, we shall see. That's going to be followed up in the autumn of next year, November of next year, in fact, uh, by the Eternals. Now, before we get into it, I, I said on the podcast last week that I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel dropped in a major, major, like guaranteed billion dollar grocer uh, next year to fill the gap left by Guardians 3. They haven't done that, interestingly. Mm. So next year will be the first time since 2016 that we have a two Marvel movie year. And neither of these, I would say, is guaranteed to hit the box office heights of previous films. No, not guaranteed at all. But this is a really interesting one. I think this could be a bit of a linchpin mm. for launching a whole lot of stuff. Because this, So the Eternals and the, their enemies, the Deviants, are meant to be essentially immortals who've been here among us this whole time and have been doing fuck all to help, yes. quite <laughs> frankly, during some really difficult battles that they really might have been useful for. Anyway, I'm sure there's some reason for that, which we will hopefully get into. A film about people in a position of power doing fuck all to help the world in a moment of crisis. That feels you know quite on point yeah, at that, the moment, that is, don't that, you? That does have a certain resonance. Mm, but um, these people have been here forever. They're very, very, very powerful. They were created by the Celestials, who are people like Ego and the Nowhere. Is Eternity one of the Celestials? Honestly, I can't... And the Living Tribunal. I thought they were a different race again. I thought the collector was a celestial. I need to go back and I some like, uh, I, this is I, this is a real like one yeah. of the reasons I'm really interested about this film is it's a massive blind spot for me Marvel wise. Like I don't know anything about these comics. Honestly me too. I've been reading up on them this week and I I now I need to get into some serious comics because um there is a lot of potential here. There's a potential for infighting, there's potential for teaming up 
with each other. Um, they've had kind of uh, in history their own sort of spheres of influence and their own involvement in human history and human myths. And that's kind of cool and something they can really dig into and, and play with. It's interesting that they were sort of created by Jack Kirby as a, an attempt to do a Marvel version mm. of his New Gods new at gods, DC. Yeah. They're actually going to arrive, I think, before DC's New Gods. Uh-oh. So you get the original maybe looking a bit like the spin-off uh, here, which could be unfortunate. But there's really, really cool characters here. The, the casting is extremely diverse and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that godlike aspect gives you the potential... To cast Angelina Jolie. Well, to cast Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah. But also to introduce a whole lot of shit into the MCU because mm-hmm. we know we're going to get onto it. We know that they're looking ahead. They're thinking about mutants. We know that they're thinking yeah. about vampires. These are the kind of things that can tie into Deviants or Eternals or both. Mm. And I'm interested to see what they do Mm. with these people. Absolutely. So uh, the cast is uh, very, very interesting. It's going to be headlined by Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Kumail Nanjiani, Richard Madden. And uh, they have the first deaf actor in the MCU in Lauren Ridloff as well. And this course is directed by Chloe Sow, director mm. of the of the writer, which is a uh, gorgeous film. You should all go watch. Yes, indeed. And uh, it is. Uh, this is a very, very exciting unknown quantity. Some people were kind of going, "Oh, isn't this going to be a bit like the Inhumans, which Marvel announced a few years ago?" And then kind of just went, kind of went. No, <laughs> nothing to see here, and they kind of vehicle reversing uh, realized it was going to be but, a big old sucky thing. Yeah, I think I think this is their replacement yeah. for that because that really really didn't yeah. work. Yeah, someone actually wrote into me going, "I think some of these things aren't going to stick. I don't think Shang Chi is going to stick. I don't think we'll talk about it in mm. a second. But Mahershala, I don't think there's going to be a Blade movie." And I, I said, "This isn't like the Inhumans, which was announced years in the in, in future. Only had a release date. Had no director. Had no writer. Had no stars attached." This has not only a cast and a director, but a release date is out next year. Shang-Chi has a cast. And These a are in pre-production. Like, These are, yeah. Eternal starts filming very, very soon. Mm. Shang-Chi will start filming relatively soon and mm. will be in cinemas in 2021. And uh, as for Blade, you don't announce Mahershala Ali <laughs> if you're not going to make a film starring Mahershala Ali yeah. as Blade. So I think that's going to happen. This isn't, uh, unless it's part of the Dark Universe. Unless it's part of the Dark Universe. Um, okay, so let's move on then to February of 2021 and the aforementioned Shang-Chi. And we mm. talked about him on the podcast before. He's a martial arts maestro and in some comics he has the ability to replicate himself as well. This, this film's going to be called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, a.k.a. The Massive mm. Redcon. So, <laughs> but this is interesting. So you'll never see this coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this replaces uh, Travis Lattery, doesn't it? Essentially, so we'll have the real Mandarin. We will see who that character is. You, yeah, I don't think you understand Iron Man three. Travis Slattery's not the real Mandarin. Have you? you might need to no, but, that but, no, but in Iron Man three, it's not like like they don't necessarily allude directly in that film to the fact that there is another Mandarin, do they? Well, the, they do. They talk in the in the like yeah, in, in the, the shorts, shorts that followed it. Yeah. You get you realize that the Ten Rings uh, there is. A Mandarin out there, and that they've essentially been subverting it, yes. and the statue reaps the rewards of that fraud. Also, but in the actual film, you'd be forgiven for thinking he's the Mandarin. Is it confirmed that Tony Leung is playing the Mandarin? It is. I mean, that is amazing casting. He's it fantastic. Is. Tony Leung, legend. Absolute legend. Legend um, of. Uh, one Car Y films, John Woo's yep. Hard Boiled, mm. of course, an incredible, incredible Infernal actor. Affairs, my God. Yes, uh, yeah, he's an amazing, amazing actor and he's going to be playing the Mandarin. And uh, the Mandarin is a Iron Man bad guy. He is, uh, he's Chinese uh, and there was, I know there were worries at the time, right from the off of doing Iron Man, of having the Mandarin being the bad guy mm. and uh, worrying about stereotyping mm-hmm. and and a negative representation. And so they didn't want to go down that way. But what, in this film... In this film, which is directed by an Asian-American, yeah. starring an yeah, Asian-American yeah, yeah. about an Asian-American character, they feel finally comfortable yeah. to have an Asian mm. 
uh, Mandarin, which is really great, and getting Tony Lung to play him is fantastic. So good. What I also love about this is that it actually does turn what Aldridge Killian does yes. in Iron Man 3 into a bit of cultural appropriation, which is <laughs> actually kind of perfect for that character. Like he takes something that is completely and utterly yeah. Asian and, and moulds it for his own interests yeah. and ends because he's a dickhead. Uh, and... I don't know whether they were planning that. I, they've, they've been talking about how this will answer questions that have been seeded in the Marvel Universe from the beginning. And I'm scratching my beard going, really? Sure. Okay. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, yeah. Jan. But uh, this but could be exciting. But maybe it will. Yeah. Um, I think Simu Liu, who was kind of introduced as Shang-Chi, yeah. um, I haven't watched a lot of Kim's Convenience Store and I'm now planning to, but he <laughs> seems super charming in absolutely the Marvel mould. He literally asked Marvel for this role, what, three or on four Twitter, years ago yeah. on Twitter? Um, yeah. And I'm so pleased for him that he's got it. That's It's wonderful. Yeah. One of my favourite things was him replying to one of his original tweets uh, to Marvel saying how about me as Shang-Chi from four years ago and he just replied post Comic-Con saying lol <laughs> it was great he said, he said well shit <laughs> which is not very marvelish. I mean language 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 uh, but yeah very very excited about that Destin Daniel Cretton will be directing that one and Aquafina's going to be in it yeah amazing this is all all sounding super good you know it's in the Black Panther slot as well in February 2021 the, the Captain Marvel slot as well those mm. movies were huge so maybe mm. it's going to be an enormous who knows that's going to be followed up very very quickly actually by WandaVision mm. in which Elizabeth Olsen and a slightly bewildered looking Paul Bettany <laughs> who said I've never been as confused in front of this many people before because uh, he's uh, I don't know how I'm in this either of course he does know of course but he does of course he does he's, he's been told uh, they're back in uh, WandaVision yeah I'm, in, I'm intrigued by this I'm very hopeful of it actually mm. um, people were kicking off literally about the logo I, I like it but I think it's what? likely to be a sort of a not quite House of M style thing where she's you know maybe um, let's say working through her emotional trauma mm. by means of recreating reality entirely Yes. Um, which could be very interesting. And it may also explain why she then crops up in Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness soon after. Indeed. Uh, so I'm excited about this. And of course, it'll feature Tayona Paris as well as a yes. grown up version of Monica Rambeau, Lieutenant Trouble from Captain Marvel. Yeah. And uh, as people may know, that she has been a Captain Marvel in the comics in the past as well. Mm-hmm. So very excited to see what happens with her. Tayona Paris as a grown up. Um, Monica Rambeau and how she fits into that and whether they, they're going to bring Vision back properly or not. Yeah, mm. it's a or question. Or going to be a figment of uh, Wanda's imagination. And then, yes, as Helen alluded to, or in fact outright said, uh, Elizabeth Olsen will also appear in, uh, and I love this title, and again, yes. people on Twitter are going, there's no way this title is going to stick. Oh, uh, this, this is, 100%. This oh, may be my favourite title yeah. in the entire MCU so yeah. far. Uh, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So here for it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm a strange apologist through and through. I fucking love that film. Yeah. So I am totally down for this. I'm extremely down for this having a horror tinge to it. Obviously Scott yeah. Derrickson comes from a largely horror background. Mm-hmm. And I think I was expecting post uh, Infinity War and Endgame now that Doctor Strange is much more proficient in his abilities mm-hmm. that it was going to be more more kind of psychological action adventure and I'm sure it will have that element to it, but the fact that they're foregrounding the horror stuff in here Mm. the sort of horrific potential of well like it says the multiverse of madness Mm. um that is a direction that i didn't expect them to take with doctor strange 2 and i can't wait to see what that ends up being a lot of people have been asking me on twitter this week given this title and my 
already professed dislike of multiverse storytelling, or at least... You don't like them, but Helen 613 loves (laughs) them. That's true. Super into them. But no, it's not so much that I I object to the existence of multiverse in theory, but it's more I I dislike it as a crutch and a way to get yourself out of storytelling situations so that they don't have any weight. If If it's used for something like this, which is madness, then I'm kind of here for yeah. it a little bit more. And if it's a character whose very introduction in the MCU was literally going through different universes yeah. and multiverses and being seen sites that we had never seen before, then I think it's absolutely on point. Scott Derrickson's back as director, as, as Ben said. Benedict Cumberbatch is back. And Cumberbatch said that Strange, as we've seen him now in Infinity War and Endgame, is a much more powerful, much more together version of the character mm. than we saw in Doctor Strange. Sorcerer and Supreme. This, I mean, is he still officially? I don't think he officially he's a Sorcerer Supreme yet, but um, he has to take a test and then be ratified by the council. It takes a long time, paperwork. But anyway, and but he said this is about breaking him down, and which is what a lot of second parts do, obviously. Yeah. But I can see throwing Strange into the mix, into a world or worlds that he doesn't understand. It could be really, really exciting. And whether Chiwetel Ejiofor comes back as Mordo, oh, I'm on board. As long as they don't turn him back into a dickhead, I'm all in. He's a little I mean, bit he's, of a dickhead. He will always be a dickhead. But in a, but a lovable way. dickhead. All right, mm, you, you love yeah. that this is a, a, theory, a thing, right? You know that's not really a thing. I know you're shooting for it, but like, come on, yeah. aim higher, dude. Speaking of dickheads, Loki's back. And, <laughs> uh, and this is very much a dickhead version of the character. Mm. Tom Hiddleston will return as Loki in the time-hopping Disney Plus series Loki. And mm. uh, it was confirmed by Kevin Feige that this will be the version of Loki who grabs the space stone in Endgame and disappears who knows where who or knows? when. Uh, I'm not sure you can time travel with a space stone, but somehow Loki's going to well, work it out. space and time are technically the same thing. Yep. So in theory, in maybe. In theory? Okay. Yeah. So we know that he's going to be going through human history in this. And uh, some people were looking at the, at the logo for the show, which is four different fonts and trying to figure out whether this is a clue as to some of the time periods that he's going to go to. Will he, like Endgame, end up back in the MCU? Will he be able you know, to influence Iron Man or Captain America? Who mm. knows? This is the series I most want to see. Just to spend more time with Hiddleston mm. as Loki. I mean, what could be better than that? And especially Loki sort of pre the grief of the Dark World and every, yeah. all the hugging yeah. and learning that he does, yeah. which I, I think the MCU does really well. I, I, like, I love that character and where he goes. But this is him at his like, peak yes. villain. Classic bellend Loki. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Hence why James is so excited. Absolutely. <laughs> Down with the lovable dickheads. Takes one to know one. <laughs> and then, this is really exciting. What If is the first animated series adaptation. Mm. Uh, it's going to be on mm. Disney Plus and it's going to be in the summer of 2021. And it's going to feature the voice talents of pretty much every single major MCU cast member, with the exception so far, I think, of Downey and mm. Evans, mm. who don't seem to be on board for this, but they, that might change. Uh, if you don't know what What If is, it's literally a series of comic books that ran uh, and basically said, what if Captain America was bitten by a spider? Or mm. what if Peter Parker was, you know, just a dickhead? Or, you know, all this, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. And Taika Waititi is in the voice cast, which presumably means Korg. there'll be some kind of Korg. Mm. Right. And this, they've said, will take place within the kind of timeline of the Infinity Saga. So it will, all the what ifs will take place within that narrative. So be familiar at least. Uh, what if Ed Norton... <laughs> no, continue to be on. the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. ridiculous. That's okay. the first one. Uh, and then there's another Disney Plus show, and this one is Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, uh, finally getting his his solo vehicle, mm. and he's going to be training up Kate Bishop, yeah. who of course is a very important character in the comic books. I wonder if this is going to be an adaptation of the Matt Fraction 
run where he is basically a landlord of mm. a, a New York building. Mm. He owns a New York building and uh, loads of shit happens. The logo's pretty similar. If Very I'm similar, right actually. Saying. So yeah. that's a good sign. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic run of comics and we can hope so. He is, of course, statistically the most valuable Avenger. Have you heard this statistic that they've basically, they've lost four battles without him and uh, yeah. won seven battles with him. Wow. So Who knew? You need Hawkeye on your side, basically. He has yeah. powers, but, you know... Yeah. He's like a mascot. He's the team mascot. I mean, they don't have him. Morale takes a dip and they all underperform. Yeah, they all feel better about themselves when they have somebody who basically does nothing around and they go, oh, I'm really contributing. Look, I mean, I'm just saying the statistics imply that he's actually doing everything. I mean, is he though? It's like the work experience guy. I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) Then, November 2021... And this is a big one. It was announced last week, or it wasn't announced, it was leaked last week that Taika Waititi would be returning to do uh, write and direct and Korg in Thor 4. Thor 4. What we didn't know is that that film would be called Thor, Love and Thunder. The other great new title. It's amazing. (laughs) What we didn't know is that that film would also star (laughs) Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Mm. On board. What we didn't know... The most surprising part is that Natalie Portman would yeah. be back Indeed. as Jane Foster. As Jane the Mighty Thor Foster. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And she will indeed be the female Thor uh, as of the comics. What, this, what? I'm surprised that she came back for this. I'm part amazed. Of I'm not. Really? No, not really. Because I think her issue was always a bit like, there's nothing really for well, me to do. And I agree with her. And this is the yeah. whole thing. That I am totally down for a passing of the Mjolnir to a female Thor. That's amazing. But I was I, her character character in inverted commas is not the best See, so I, I think like... they've got a lot of work to do mm. to try and build her up I, mean, I always liked her and I like the fact that Thor has been like heartbroken for the past several films it was a mu- mutual dumping it was a mutual dumping mutual it was dumping. mutual it was mutual <laughs> like he keeps he keeps referring to you know he had that very maudlin bit in Endgame about her and I think that, that just makes it that actually just makes it that adds something and makes it funnier when she comes back into it because we see that he's been pining. Yes. Yeah. Chris, Chris pining. Chris no, pining. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth has been pining. That's right. That's it. I'm stunned because she wasn't. <laughs> they couldn't even get her back for Endgame for that. They had to use archive footage of her in Endgame. So I thought that the I thought the relationship had soured, but clearly. Was it definitely archive footage? They didn't. That's it looked like it yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought yeah, that they'd no, got her back for it. No, that's an actual archive shot from, from uh, Thor the Dark World. So that. This this shocks me, but obviously, if she's got something media to do, of course, you could ask many many questions. Will she wield Mjolnir? If so, which Mjolnir? Where is Mjolnir? The Mjolnir in this universe is now destroyed. Cap took it back and gave it back to Thor. The Dark Thor. It didn't Etri make Mjolnir in the first place, or one of his mates? Look, if Peter Dinklage is back as Etri, then I am very very excited. (laughs) And of course, all the things that they haven't confirmed for this, for example, there's no Tom Hiddleston confirmed for this there's no Loki confirmed for this but I I don't think it's a coincidence that this is coming out after the Loki show yeah. and I wonder if this the Loki show is going to somehow propel that version of Loki the dickhead Loki back into Thor's life because this would be the first Thor movie to not have Loki in it and that would be a little sad for me mm. although I mean Taika did spend the entirety of the last movie relentlessly emasculating Loki and making fun of him he did so but... you know is he is he as essential in that I, I do wonder. I think I think there might be a way to get him into this. Uh, will the Guardians of the Galaxy be in this, as was my theory in the last one, that uh, rather than Thor being part of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which we now reckon will be 2022, 2023, 
that in fact the Guardians will show up in the beginning even if it's just to go bye Thor <laughs> yeah, I, I believe James Gunn has confirmed on Instagram that Thor Love and Thunder will be set before Guardians 3 so it seems like that might be the case which yeah. is exciting yeah. how exciting do and you then feel it- like there's a missing spot somewhere in this lineup? do you feel like there's a hole somewhere that they're not telling us about yet a whole a whole film that they haven't mentioned I mean no but okay. what, what, I don't know it's just a no, feeling no, no, no please it's please. not based on anything it's just a feeling the only thing I'm thinking is that next year's a two film year mm. there's nothing in uh, in the middle of summer so yeah. and then the 2021 they've gone for that February May November pattern which pattern, is which, which they're very comfortable with served them well with Guardians 2 Homecoming and then Ragnarok but anyway we'll, we'll see what happens but maybe there is room for them to drop something in big but I think this is pretty much it but another thing about this is that Tessa Thompson basically said that as King of Asgard Valkyrie is looking for her queen so she's basically confirmed that uh, Valkyrie is an uh, is bisexual at least and uh, that has all of this pretty much this entire panel this entire phase has got the incels furious yeah, and they, I am there for it they confirmed a whole total of one white man which was Richard Madden um, for <laughs> Chris well, and yeah, one casting of uh, one a brand new casting, new, one, one new brand casting, new casting for white man. One of these five. Well, actually, no thought. No, but look, I mean, look, the, the white men are obviously up in arms because all they have left at this point not all is white Thor, men. At this point, let no, <laughs> okay. point that out. Is is Thor and Loki and Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier and Doctor Strange and, Doctor Strange yeah. and Vision and um, Spider Man. And Spider Man. Vision, in fairness, is a purple man. That's, I suppose, technically true. Um, and the aforementioned uh, Icarus, Richard Madden's character. Yeah. There's hardly any. It really is a white man free zone. But what's interesting about this, this next run of five films is that there's only one uh, white male director, and that is Scott Derrickson. Otherwise, you've got, you got Taika on Thor, Love and Thunder. You've got Chloe Sao. You've got two female directors of next mm. year's big films, Chloe Sao and uh, Kate Shortland. Uh, and then you have Destin Daniel Cretton, who's Asian-American. Then you've got Scott Derrickson and, of course, yeah. uh, Taika as well. So uh, there's a real embrace of diversity and representation mm-hmm. in this phase. And, of course, about damn time and not before time, but it's uh, good to see them doing this. And uh, the fact that there's going to be a Valkyrie might be an LGBTQ character is oh, openly, cool. openly cool. so. And not just mention it on the press tour, but actually put it in the film. Yeah. That would be exciting. I wonder how that's going to work because I still thought that they, you know, that they were going somewhere with the Thor Valkyrie thing. And there's just real chemistry between the two of those uh, in, in Ragnarok. So we shall see how that I didn't feel out. like it was necessarily romantic I just thought that they instantly really? had a yeah they, well, they jump up into the spaceship at the end and they come very close to just straight up fucking right there I mean, in the spaceship but they're both beautiful <laughs> people but beyond yeah. that I didn't think it was necessarily romantic she also says don't die you know what I mean so yeah okay well, but, then, but then that seems to have dissipated in the, uh, in the, in the interim yeah fair enough Ragnarok and Endgame um, we haven't mentioned a few others have we have we not no like Blade that's what I was about to mention okay so right at the end of the panel they had announced everybody and then Kevin Feige went we just got one more thing that this hasn't been rumoured about and I love it when they actually pull surprises that literally <laughs> nobody sees coming he said we uh, we haven't even had time to talk about Black Panther 2 which we are making we haven't even had time to talk about Captain Marvel 2 or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or Fantastic Four which is I think pretty much the first time that those yeah. words have left his lips yeah. uh, or mutants or mutants so he didn't say X-Men he just yeah. said mutants yeah I'm excited about and that. obviously people went fucking Sweet. nuts absolutely and, daft um, correctly and I think they're doing absolutely the right thing in delaying yeah. those 100%. characters. 
I also genuinely do think that we're, we're looking at a setup system here through things like Eternals. I think yes. there's going to be something. And Multiverse of Madness. And Multiverse, and, yeah. Yeah, and also it's very interesting that he didn't even mention, because Spider-Man Far From Home just broke yeah. a billion dollars. Uh, so there's definitely going to be another Spider-Man movie, and he didn't even mention that. And they have to make it fairly soon, because Tom Holland's fresh-faced and youthful, but... No one's fresh-faced and youthful forever. Precisely. He ain't going to be playing a 16-year-old forever, so... I think that he may be leaving that rather gentlemanly for Sony to announce, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ruin, ruin some other films of ours by announcing, ah. <laughs> by announcing a sequel to Spider-Man before we've had a chance to announce anything else. Um, so yes, I think you might be right about that. Of course, another thing he didn't mention, apart from obviously... Well, that's basically Ant-Man and the Wasp. Those are the, those are the, those, seriously, I do wonder if Ant-Man's going to get a third film. I'm not so sure. I'm not. I'm not so sure. Because the second one wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but then he introduced Mahershala Ali. Indeed. Yes, he did. He did. He went, uh, please welcome two-time Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali. And, uh, and he came out on stage yeah. and he just put on a baseball cap. He didn't say a thing. Just looked cool. Yeah, Mahershala Ali cool. yep. looked cool, put on a baseball cap. The baseball cap said, Blade. Blade. And... He missed a trip by not coming out and saying, because some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> it's Mahershala Ali's blade. But luckily, Wesley Snipes said just that in a sort of, I think, blessing for Mahershala Ali taking over the character. It's a little unclear. <laughs> I choose to see it as a blessing. And um, and this is exciting. That's phenomenal casting. Mm. Someone suggested online, I can't remember who, I apologise, Wesley Snipes should play Whistler. I'm here for that also. I, 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 I kind of, no. I don't, think, I, I don't think he would. Wesley Snipes is apparently fun. is a man who, when he cameoed in uh, What We Do in the Shadows, a TV show recently, as, as Blade. As Blade, um, yeah. Well, the Daywalker. Or, or the Day, yeah. yeah. I don't think they're allowed <laughs> to use the word Blade. Um, apparently, he answered the phone whenever Taika or um, Jermaine Clement would call him. He answers the phone, Blade. And there's a famous story about it on the... Blade Trinity said that he would leave post-it notes signed Blade. Yeah. So I think there's a chance so maybe that he may then. feel he is Blade. <laughs> so Honestly, there's a chance he is Blade. There's, there's, there's every possibility. Um, <laughs> you never know. Uh, I love those movies, yeah. apart from Blade Trinity, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And uh, I think Wesley Snipes is fantastic in that role. And it was so important to establishing the yeah. MCU in a weird way. You know, you could draw a line through line from that to X-Men to Spider-Man and on. Um, but I think if you're going to reboot it, then you get Mahershala Ali, yeah, don't you? Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing choice. Yeah. And like um, Simu Lee, uh, he basically willed this into being by uh, the stories that after Green Book, after winning the Oscar for Green Book, he went up to Feige and said, I want to be Blade. And Feige, of course, just said, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Done. He knows a good thing when he sees yeah. it. Oh my God, that's amazing. I, did, I didn't know that. That's incredible. Yes, so very, very excited about that and how they're going to fit uh, vampires into the MCU and Spider-Man and X-Men and mutants and all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, okay. Helen's got to go. Yeah. We all got to go. Yeah, you do. All right. Well, that's it for this little special. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, it is goodbye from Ben Travis. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Helen O'Hara. Doodle. It is goodbye from James Dyer. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. I'm off to go up to Kevin Feige at a party and say... I want to be Uncle Ben. <laughs> Make it happen. The rice guy. Ma- oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.